What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. Your host here, Monster DeFace, and we're bringing you guys another episode this week here. It's been a little hot minute since we got to hop on and clean record, but we're coming in hot right after DreamHack Sweden and a whole bunch of other news announced. As you can see from the title here, we're definitely going to be jumping into that NAWS topic shortly. But before we do that, let's go ahead and thank you guys, of course, for downloading, checking out this episode, and of course, supporting the boys here on the podcast. And those boys will be Life of Panda, stepping up first, of course, coming in hot. What's up, my brother? What's up, man? Uh, an interesting day for us NA West folks, but uh, definitely a, a great day to be back on the podcast nonetheless. Yeah, definitely. And, of course, we got somebody's gun here hopping on, of course. What's up, brother? Hey, guys. Always, always great to be here talking some Fortnite with you guys. Definitely. It's, uh, it's been a little minute, man. We had to take about a week off. I was traveling for Father's Day week, and then... I think the weekend before that, we're kind of coming in hot off the FNCS travels and all that stuff. It feels like it's all moving so quickly with, uh, with the timeline here. There's almost no downtime in between the seasons, but here we have it already. Um, let's just jump into what was the, the breaking news today. Essentially, Epic Games formally announces that they're only going to be doing European and East coverage, NA East coverage, officially on the Twitch and YouTube avenues and all the other watch.fortnite uh, outlets that they provide the content to but this is a really big deal it comes to at the entire detriment of what is the na west region a region that they just dedicated a full year of energy resources money towards but not only that these last couple seasons the last one in particular they put in all this extra into the media day and what comes of that building up these profiles so there's a lot to unpackage here there's a lot to unravel here um panda out the gate obviously you said it's it's been a tough day pretty obviously right poor news for you because that's the region you was focused on most this last year um so yeah hit me with what you got yeah so obviously we may have, may or may not have known this ahead of time right uh however uh it, it's still a sad day to see for the community i know that they're they're feeling a, a certain way uh, about them being dropped from the or the broadcast itself being dropped. But honestly, one of the cool things to come out of this is I'm working on a very special watch party that's going to be uh, insane. It's going to feature player interviews. Uh, it's going to have live player moments where they can come in and talk about what just happened. We have guest casters coming in from all likes of the world, like of the Fortnite and outside of Fortnite world, like got a bunch of great names already hitting me up. We're going to be doing special lead up content to FNCS from scrims and things like that. I mean, there's so much that I'm working on behind the scenes. I can't say everything yet, but uh, I'm going to make sure they're supported. And let me just put it out there. I mean, the practice server, the back of the practice server is built off of Epic or Epic's lack of coverage to the regions. Like, if it wasn't for them not covering West and not deciding to skip that Eastern EU region, and we we wouldn't have had the void. We wouldn't have had the opportunity, that gap to step in and fill the need to provide content for people. And that was what allowed us to kind of build what is the entire practice server today, straight up. So, yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's a one step backwards for some people, but this is going to be an opportunity for you to take multiple steps forwards, which is honestly really cool that you are able to have that community support. And I'm already seeing it, of course. Uh, if you guys are listening today, the the six or sorry, I'm, I'm doing EU shit where they put all the, the months and the days backwards. <laughs> June 23rd, 2022. Um, for those of you guys listening right now, yes, the tweets are live. It's all happening today right here. It's 2 p.m. in the afternoon when we're recording. Um, and Panda basically put out his announcement of what he's doing. So there is going to be other talent involved, and he's really trying to build what is a community vibe around this NA West coverage. So I know it's going to be awesome. Um, let, let's get a, a step further, though, because now we're talking about, or I want opinions here on wh what do we think about this from, like, Epic's stance, right? Because it's clear that why would they pull out the resources, right? Let, let's just hit a couple checkboxes. Is it, is it not cost-effective? Was it the viewership wasn't there? Like, what do we think is the, the leading cause here? Because this feels pretty abrupt. Like, we are in the middle of the year. Like, who pulls an entire region out the middle of the year? Like, wouldn't you just ride it out until, like, the next land, right? Like, did yeah. we really have to have it 
like rug, this feels like a rug pull. Like, I don't know what else to call it. I was like the, the latest. This is like a rug pull. Like it just happens so quick. Like, what do we think? Um, I, you know, I, I'm still processing. We've known for not for a very long amount of time. Let me just be clear about that. Right. Um, but but I'm still kind of sitting with it. Right. SPG and I literally sat down and we had dinner and basically the entire time leading up to the dinner. That's all we talked about was was this decision. But. We can we can sit here and speculate ten times over what happened, but it's tough. I, I think realistically, um, they they're putting a lot of resources into the the in person event, and I think we're gonna see a lot of representation of West take place there. Um, I think this is just kind of one of those one off seasons that maybe they they thought it was more cost effective or whatever the case may be to to just go in a different direction for a season, maybe two seasons in lead up to this uh, invitational and, and pour that extra support in there. But again, it's so hard to actually speculate what they have. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, just to be honest with you, Pan and I have chatted about it and like, we still don't actually know what happened. Um, it would be awesome to know, but I don't know that we're ever getting the like straight up answer to that. So for me, it's more like, it also affected me because not only was it everyone on, I guess it wasn't everyone on the NAS broadcast um, because I was also removed from it. So it's like, even though they removed West, they're also switching up East and maybe EU. So that's a little strange. It was definitely a surprise. And I don't personally, I don't understand it. Um, I can't tell someone how to do their job, but I mean, 16,000 viewers plus, it seemed like West was getting and growing just from like when I was watching and the community was active. Again, I, I see players saying they were doing content with Blast out at DreamHack and it's like, okay, why, why are we getting West players content? It's probably in lead up to the in-person event in November, but nonetheless, like it, it all, it's all just strange and left me with more questions than answers. Yeah, and and I agree with you guys. Um, like I said, I, I put out a message just a little bit ago, shortly after the announcement, and it was it was along the lines of I was becoming a fan of NA West straight up. Media day content and the media content changed the way I perceived this entire scene. It put faces to the players' names that I would have never seen before. You know, Pink, Hen, Queasy. Yeah, they're they're famous. I know them because of their skill, but not because I know what they look like who they are, the personality behind the, the gamer, right? And it, it was these little things, even, of course, Batman Booga, of course, seeing more of Rich Homie Quinn, seeing more of the NA West players start to develop and, and have their opportunity. And DreamHack Dallas was the greatest example of that. Sitting behind Snacky and, like, really meeting Snacky for the first time. And it was funny because Air walked up to me. He was like, yo, you ego and all these players? I'm like, bro, I just, I literally don't know what Snacky looks like. Like, like he just walks <laughs> up to me. He's like, yo, what's up, monster? I'm like, yo, who are you? Like, this guy's a 3X FNCS champion yeah. on West. And I didn't know what he looked like, you know? So being able to chill with, like, re-Epic Whale, Snacky, and seeing what they're capable of. Like, I'm like, yo, like, okay, I'm ready for the next FNCS. I want to see this now. Now that I witnessed this in person, it gives you those opportunities to become a fan. And this last year, especially this last season in particular with the media content, it almost amplified me into becoming a fan of the region. And they got pulled, in my opinion, short, like very short. Um, I'll say this. So in your defense, uh, the same thing happened to me when I ran into them in the lobby the night before uh, DreamHack. I saw the group of them. It was Colazzo, Arab, uh, Epic Whale, uh, Reet, and Snacky. And Reet goes to me, hey, do you know who that is? And I'm like, no, hey, a Panda, nice to meet you. And he goes, it's Snacky. And I was like, there's no way. Right. So I've And I've been in his stream. I've gifted subs. Like, I've seen the face cam. But look, the face cam's small. It's a little blurry. I, I couldn't put a face to the, to the actual in-person face. But so in your defense, it happens. But um, no, man, look, I I've already seen a lot of messages from West, and I, I think the community feels it right now. I think um, we have a, a unique opportunity as, as talent members, especially the talent members that are holding back, to, to continue to grow the region because the region was heading in the right direction. Like SPG mentioned, we were, it, was, it was 10K plus viewers 
from the moment semifinals hit, and it only went up from there. And let's not forget the pass, right? The remote broadcast. Dude, West was like 4,000 viewers, 6,000 mm -hmm. viewers. Um, we'd be lucky to hit 8 to 10K. Like, that was the finals numbers. So to have that throughout the qualifiers and all the buildup, I mean, it's pretty clear that the resources put into the studio environment, the content, et cetera, was starting to trend things in the right direction. It was much more interest uh, around the region and, and the game. So, um, I mean, that's what at least it looked like on the surface level. And the freeing of chat. Like, people were just talking in chat. We never had mm. anyone just, like, every region was so dope. The vibes are good. The chat was um, has been, over the last season, an actual big success. If you guys are listening and you didn't realize this, the Twitch channel... Uh, the official live stream now has chat room completely open and able to just actually conversate with others and talk about your opinions on what's on screen. It's like one of the coolest things, actually being able to watch Fortnite and talk about it in the chat with other people that are enthusiastic about what's on screen. It's it's a vibe that can't be really found anywhere else, and that's what it was all about. So this whole, again, this is a headliner to me because there is so much potential. We only just really started beginning to see the surface of it um but of course like you said we could probably do a whole episode on on that i mean we already we're <laughs> over 10 minutes in and we're still talking about this um before yeah. we kind of move on holistically though i still want to talk about like sbg mentioned there's there's other pain points to this entire thing happening it doesn't just affect the region it affects us as talent as you know co-workers and and peers alike in this space because now what's happened is it's become a much more hyper-competitive space just to be on the broadcast. It's in, And like you said, SBG and I, Vivid, Adam Savage, um, you know, Sundown, we worked NA East as a crew. And what we produced was like, it, it felt so good. Being able to put in all the work, all the hard work to do the research, create the content, and then improved and like see your improvement and see what we were able to produce by the end of it was like no easy feat and i told sbg this before that like if you can do this in this studio environment you're doing it on hard mode like you don't have anything to lean on you have no crutches it's all in your brain you have to really put in the work and know what it is that you're talking about because once you're standing up there that's it there's no going back you can't pull out your phone the way you are at home or you know when you're behind the remote camera you can just quickly search something on the side there you don't get a Fortnite track. You don't get a leaderboard. You have to know what you're talking about when you come into this. You don't get to look at a confidence monitor. You have to believe that you are doing everything you need to do correctly. And that's a tough job. So that job effectively becomes even more sparse because now you have an excess of talent, right? You have, well, we had two, four, about five or six talent dedicated to each region, essentially. And now you have those talent pools opening up and obviously there's only oh so many slots that are available there are no slots available essentially so we have these mix-ups here i'm still confused about how we spend the year and even these last couple seasons literally going through what like to me is like the gauntlet of like hey monster you're casting with this person this week this person this we're gonna try to find you a, a great co-commentator and then you're good like we're gonna take that to finals we did that for a whole season to come into this season, have a dedicated partner, and then have that just yoinked and like everything thrown upside its head again. So it's like we wasted a year of developing our roles too, which is just also a big question mark because at the end of the day, yes, this is all marketing and that's what like the tournament and you know this whole entire competition thing is all about for like the company side, but like. It's also an investment, right? You're investing in developing us as talent so that we can produce and help produce that greater product. Um, and we we basically had that flipped upside its its head right here. Yeah, it's it's tough, man, because like you said, we we're not only just doing the homework, we were hanging out every day, getting that chemistry built, and it just felt like we were a team. Um and I know each team like East, E EU, West, all were doing that. So it's it's interesting to see a, another switch up, another curveball, because in, in my experience, the best broadcast teams, like not even talking about esports, right? If we're just talking, looking at football, for example, like Jim Nance, Tony Romo didn't start off the best. Now they've had a couple of seasons together. They're one of the best. You have Al Michaels, Chris Collingsworth do it every single weekend, and they're some of the best. And it's just 
you know the pairings because they're that good. They complement each other. They know how each other work together. And it's not even like you need to have a conversation with someone because you already know what they're going to say. And then you can help lead into things that you know will help. So that chemistry is now starting from uh, zero once again, which is unfortunate. Yeah, and then my best representation of that is like Joe Rogan commentates all the headliner UFCs and I think he does the best when Dam uh, Daniel Cormier is alongside him, right? And they're like working together and they're on a lot of sets together, right? You don't really see the breakup very often because you want to develop that. You want to develop that camaraderie between the talent and the, the product and it happens and you see it happen, especially when they hit the floor and they're with the players and you know, all that kind of stuff. And these guys have the accolades. And, you know, of course, most of our talent does too. We've been doing this for years. We've been dedicating it. So, um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of shakeups, guys, for all of our listeners. Any West broadcast being removed, it has like a cascading effect across the entire scene. But um, like Panda is doing here, he's stepping up to the challenge. He's filling in the void. And that's why I want to reassure him that, hey, man, this is still as much of an opportunity as is being on the broadcast. Because, I mean, look what we built with Practice Server. Literally because they stopped covering West or because they took a season off. Take advantage of that and get those players to, you know, support you, and they will. So a lot of cool stuff there. But there's more changes across the game. Let's start jumping into some of our other stuff. Arena not only got reset, everyone gets sent back to zero. I think that's what everyone looks forward to season to season <laughs> at Grind again. Uh, but we had a couple changes as well to the Arena SBG. Take me through some of those changes. I know you got your hands dirty out there trying to grind your way to chance. So talk to me about some of the changes in particular, though. There's some interesting stuff in there. Yeah, so first of all, Pan and I have been grinding, trying to get to champs past couple of days. But uh, the changes have been announced. Well, someone announced. Uh, on the 14th, <laughs> they said our intention is to provide a better quality matchmaking experience for players of all hype levels. Progressing to later divisions in arena may take longer for some, but the quality of games along the way should be improved from previous seasons. Players in our top divisions may experience longer matchmaking queues in an effort to provide quality matches. Now, to me, that says they're trying to match players of equal skill level together, so you may be in a longer queue. It also shows on the way the scoring system works it's a lot more top heavy so first and second place in arena modes as well as um elim so first and second place you get 75 points it's a large chunk of the points that you're going to get from placement then secondarily they've started to decrease the amount of points you get per elimination the higher divisions you go. So it starts off, I want to say 20, then it goes down to 10, then five once you're in champs. So you can't just key your way through it, but you can, it's not really changing anything in my experience. Um, so those are the changes. I haven't seen them actually play out into more competitive arena games because it's still 20, 30 people by the time first zone closes unless you're playing solos which is a little slower but duos and trios the games basically end by fifth zone so haven't seen the effect maybe as the reset comes more to a standstill as everyone starts to try and get into champs or contenders whatever it may be for these cash cups it should get more stacked and always does like a day before a cash cup and right before the cash cup but i i want to see it longer periods i, I don't just want to see it for one or two days of the season. Yeah, I definitely agree. The shortening, right, can... can This is not enough, let's be honest. But we'll, we'll, we'll see how, how that ends up developing there. Uh, Panda, so the, the real question is, how far did you guys make it? What, what arena points y'all end up getting to? Well, you see, obviously, we're some of the best of the best players across... Uh, all regions, um, they should make just a region for SVG and I. That way we can get the champs <laughs> quicker. But, um, no, we got to about uh, like 3,500 points, close to 4K. I know SVG was probably grinding this morning uh, a little bit without me, so he might be a little oh, yeah. bit further than me. But um, yeah, so I'm, I'm between that 3,500 and 4K mark now and uh, looking to close that gap by the end of the week. Nice, nice. Okay, okay. You got a little stretch to go here, but you're in the, you're in the, you're in the final push here. Um, let's jump into some of the other changes though. Like we, we have some changes to competitive and these changes in my opinion are, 
I think they're a little drastic, and I say that because we don't want to have competitive loot pool stripped down every season to where it loses identity season to season because then it becomes repetitive, and that's been what has been a voiced concern from the player side. Uh, the changes that I'm talking about now from the beginning, the removal of shockwaves, which, of course, are a debate whether they're good or not in comp. Uh, the players hate it, but they love it because it feels different. And then when they get taken away, well, it feels like last season. Um, this time around, we had the heavy snipers removed, and now rift to goes, and once again, vehicles being removed for the most part from the map. We do still have taxis available. Um, Panda, what, what's your perspective when we talk about these changes coming season to season? The only thing that separates, I guess, the identity of the season now is the what's it called? The grapple hook. It's like a a mix of what was the old grappler and like the Spider-Man hands. Maybe first break down the item, but also, do you think that's enough to change the identity of the competitive field currently? Um, look, this is going to cause a bit of a debate between SBG and I because we have very differing opinions. <laughs> but um, I, I think you're right. I think it, it changes the whole identi uh, identity of the season. Um, and I wish the first approach would always be to make adjustments to the things instead of full removal. I think like for Shockwaves, for example, if you make them like impulses, but with no fall damage, I think that's perfect, right? Don't break through builds and, and do some do crazy things like that. Maybe that'll provide a little bit uh, more of an adjustment. And then with heavy snipers, I felt like they were finally in a decent spot, right? You couldn't just headshot one shot somebody. Um, maybe a little bit more of a damage nerf could have made a, a difference. But I think as a utility weapon, it, as the heavy sniper was, uh, I, I definitely think it had a, a really nice place. but Rifts, I could definitely see causing issues, right? In Endgame, we know you hear the rift, you run towards the rift, you float in the sky for as long as you can and hope that high ground doesn't look up. So, like, that's obviously a tough meta to, to deal with. Um, and then, obviously, like, taxi, most cars are gone. A few taxis still here in the game. It'll be interesting to see if they last. Um, I'm not sure that they will, but if they do, that's a couple cars in the in the game. But with very limited mobility, it's going to be interesting to see how these players uh, play this all out. So, oh. uh, go, go ahead, SPG. So, I am a big fan of the zero, com uh, zero mobility meta, right? And if we could get the grappler removed, we're in full zero mobility meta, except for the mobility on the map. That's always what I, I push for is map-based mobility, not inventory-based mobility. And we have slipstreams, we have geysers, you have the tree. And there's still boats that a lot of people don't really use, but could be strong for rotates around the edge of the map. And I think players are going to start to realize that it's a great way to rotate. Now, as far as the grapple glove, I, I don't think it's a good or bad thing. It's pretty pretty safe where it is it's a slow movement it's not exactly in a position where the spider-man was it doesn't go up in elevation quickly so it's not something you can just take height with i like all the changes that have been made you know get those last two taxis out just because we don't need two taxi spawns on the map that may or may not be there um but overall i'm a fan i like this meta we, we saw a couple of nerfs to smgs as well so overall, looking strong. Uh, my only complaint right now is the two-shot shotgun is virtually useless in most occasions, and just having something in the loot pool like that is not useful. Yeah, it does take away overall when you have, like you said, it's, it's just a shotgun that's it's not quite there. Uh, I guess the theme was identity. The, the shotgun's identity is pretty trash right now it's just it's not it's not powerful it's uh it becomes more of a deterrent if you have to pick it up in early if it's the only thing you got it's the only thing you got but other than that yeah it's pretty clear that players are uh just going back to the what was the burst rifle in the inventory what was the striker shotgun or um yeah any of the other variants to be fair uh talking about the so the the grapple the, basically the, the grapple is in the game yeah i agree with you i think I think it's just good enough, right? It, it's not overpowered, but it's definitely good. It's definitely good. And I'm with you when it comes down to mobility. I think this season is honestly has pretty pretty solid mobility, even um, since the beginning already. The geysers that are positioned, like the steam geysers that are positioned around the map, not just the vents and things like that. Um, there's, there's a lot of ways to move in the current map. Um, 
And we saw some fun stats. I I'm not sure who put it out, whether it was any East Comp Report or Kinch or whomever, but someone put out like the correlation between the success of, I think, some of the EU players and how many launch pads they picked up throughout the oh, overall. That was Kinch. It was Kinch. Okay. Yeah. And it was staggering. Like, basically, if you had mobility, you did well, like, period, across the board. So it's pretty clear that. Again, I'm sure there's going to be some correlating facts too. Like if you have that grapple hook and you're able to make clean rotates, you're going to do well. And maybe that's what made like the crash pad season one of the more competitive ones where like reason was just disgusting because it wasn't about like just moving with it. It's like I could fight with this too. And that's where like Reet was shining because again, you're just able to like if you are a good fighter, that's where Vadil was insane. Like the fighter shined when there's things like the heavy snipers in the game or crash pads, like things that allow you to kind of, I guess, anti-box anti items or uti uh, utility in the game, it really changes the meta. And right now we don't have that. Essentially what I'm saying is right now we have high movement meta, which if it leans more towards that, players that are consistent with placement are going to do well. And I think that's why we have this uh same correlation between the winners taking multiple seasons like we've never seen players win seasons back to back to, but the game has also been kind of the same so we're favoring players that play into this play style and when we change that loadout when we change that real like have crash pads in the game we have a whole different list of players that can do well in those kind of settings so I mean, if we start talking early predictions with the where the game is, I mean, Logan Miro's going to do well again. Uh, Peter Bot should do well again. Like, all these same players that know how to play consistent, play that kind of play style, slow, steady surge, etc., are going to perform well again. Like, these same exact players. Henning Queasy, uh, Seti and Cami, we already saw what they're capable of. Like, it's almost like I'm seeing the trend now because we have, like, years worth of FNCSs to look back at. But for the first time, these... Like, I want to say for almost a year straight now, we've had a very vanilla, like, very minuscule, like, adjustments besides the map itself. Um, what do you think? You think I'm just spitting nonsense here, SVG or, or Panda? Like, or I think I'm, I, I feel like I'm kind of onto something. I think you're right, to be honest. I, I think you are. I think we went from, like, the community basically, like, hey, we need a more competitive loop pool, right? To then kind of getting that quote-unquote more competitive loop pool, that consistent loop pool season to season, but then we don't see any variety in the top players. Um, and I think I think it's part of the reason for that is players haven't really adapted yet. You know what I mean? Like, these players have seen that, or haven't really seen what you're saying right now, is that we've had consistency pretty much season to season. There's a way to play the game. If you know how to play the game that specific way, you'll be successful. And if you don't know how to play the game that way, you won't be. And, and I think that's what we're seeing. Like, all these new players that are starting to rise up, they're getting to finals, great. They're doing well. Maybe even placing top 15 in the finals, great. But they don't have that that understanding of that one thing you have to do to be successful in the game, which is what we see from Ugamiro, Snacky Favs, even Arkham and Epic Whale when they were together, which uh, that split is kind of interesting. But regardless, um, I think when you when you see these big shifts in in meta, that's when you see big shifts in the leaderboard, and we just haven't had that recently. Nah, you guys are haters. We we need the the solid, consistent, competitive <laughs> loop pool. This so man is boring. Yeah, I am. I like a consistent game. Like I enjoy watching the game at the highest level. A lack of mobility, a pretty consistent loop pool. No one pump shotguns. No one pump or one shot snipers like i've been pretty happy with the way the season's played out uh just now remove the aug because we don't have cars anymore and we're chilling yeah yeah the burst rifle is is definitely the borderline most busted weapon we've had that stood in the game for a long time and no one's honestly no one's complained enough about it to get it changed so i think epic's like oh yeah it's fine it just works no one's complained about it but no i think it's like way strong <laughs> like, so uh, i'm with you to with that one to some degree but what what do you think competitive needs to stay fresh then? If it's not loophole, do you think maybe we go back to where the map changes more? Like, or do you just think like, no, let's just keep it like that. Like what it is is really what it is and let players figure it out and develop. 
It's like you said, oh. we translate this to sports. Yeah, sports doesn't change. Rules are the rules. Yeah. Field is the same. Map is the same. If you want to call it a map, like and that's it. All that changes is skill, talent, and development. I'm a purist. I would be down for like people landing with pump AR shotgun already, and that I, I be said that. the way the game starts. I like that. Like I would watch that all the time, and you know maybe we, we can change things occasionally, but I don't think there needs to be the these momentous shifts in what the meta is from season to season. I, I think it's fine. We even get some somewhat significant shifts from what the season started at and what it's going to finish at. So I'm interested. Like, what about you, Monster? I know what it is. All right. Season to season is too much, but we need a chapter to chapter identity and meta. That's enough time. That's a whole year. We could, you know, kind of double down, focus it, maybe a little more than a year, but at I least like a, a chapter worth of like, guys, suck it up. We got, you know, shockwaves are in. Like it's a chapter in this is this is the meta for the chapter. We decide that after season one, and then maybe from there, you know, we go and, and we develop. That that could be enough. I could agree with that, and I think that's kind of what we're doing now. But the problem is they continue to strip down the loop pool in the wrong ways, in my opinion. Right? I think if you're gonna remove things from the loop pool, remove things that aren't used or or really don't have much of a place. Right? Like the sniper last season made zero made like very little sense to carry right i i think i saw less than one percent of players actually carrying that thing in their inventory right on top of that you have things like like the the auto shotgun is finally starting to get where it could be viable but it's not quite there and then you add a two-shot shotgun which is almost close in nature but it's just inherently worse than the auto shotgun is it it's just i i if you want to clean up the loop pool and, and make it a little bit fair across the board for everybody involved, you remove the things that just don't make sense or aren't working correctly. And then if there is something like a, like a new mobility item, for example, that isn't working correctly, obviously your first approach shouldn't be just fully remove it. It is to adjust it. If that adjustment doesn't play favorably to the players or to, to anybody that's trying to pick it up, then you then you can remove it. Like, that makes more sense. This is what we need. We need customs to actually allow us to customize everything and let the community decide what is competitive. If that becomes junk rifts, then it's junk rifts and 75-man lobbies. You know, like, like whatever, <laughs> whatever it becomes. Uh, I think that's what we really need because right now, yeah, we move a little too slow. I don't think the players even know what they want at this point. It, it's almost like... I'm sure people just forgot the tactical shotgun even ever existed, uh, let alone at a legendary variant or something like that. So, uh, yeah, we, we could go on for days and speculate, but there are some changes in competitive right now. Heavy snipers removed. Rift to go is no longer there. And then, of course, all the other changes with the shockwave getting taken out, etc. So we're kind of back to basic Fortnite. New things come into Fortnite itself, though. UI updates, if you want to call it that. A um, little quality of life change. We have something called the social tags being added to player icons. I'm not sure if uh, you all listeners have logged into Fortnite and noticed that you can put a little handle or something by your name. Uh, SBG was kind of walking me through this one, but it seems like they're almost creating like a, a looking for player tool, like a way to kind of find someone that's, you know, has your interest. Yeah, I got you, Monster. So when you pull up your friends list, there'll be little names or little words or phrases underneath different people on your friends list. Could be FNCS, could be competitive, could be 1v1, could be there's a variety. There's chill, mic on, mic off, cosmetic cup. Like there's all these different options and they're there so you can find people that have similar tags as you to play the game with. So say you're looking for someone you want to play a hype cup with, you know, you throw a little hype cup out there, see who's looking for someone to play the hype cup. Boom, you find someone, it's all through the game of Fortnite, which used to be outsourced. You used to have to go to a Discord or some online website to try and find teammates and if you didn't know someone already. And it's a really cool idea to now have this available within the game because not only can you see who your friends are, but you can also then search for players of similar interest and tags and and that's really cool because i think that's one of the more underrated you know aspects to keeping a community alive like you got to breed communication between people relationships between players you know most of us don't just log on to play solos 
log on because it's like, oh yeah, the boys are playing on Saturdays, and you know it, and like you're you're gonna want to try to get on and game with game with your friends or whatever. You know what I mean? It's that social aspect that um, Fortnite has done a great job at. I mean, it's pretty clear why creative is thriving because it's those open environments. You know, mics galore and people are just wild, but everyone's also very much along the lines of like, yo, I'm gonna add you. Let's play, right? And people just make friends that way. So I, I like this. I I think it's cool. It's something that. I wouldn't have thought of, to be honest. I think it's a little innovative, to be honest. I I've never heard of another game kind of putting this out there in this type of way, at least within the game as a functionality. Um, I, I, I mean, I could be missing the mark here. Maybe there's other games that do something similar, but to kind of label yourself as something like this and then have a means to have players find you and maybe add you, I think it's pretty cool, especially within the game. So I agree. Uh, go ahead, Panda. No, that's it. I agree. Okay. <laughs> yeah, hey, listen, Panda agrees. I think I think it's cool. Uh, another cool thing that went down though. Let's just jump into DreamHack Sweden. DreamHack Sweden happened. Uh, Junkaping, Sweden. All the players caught the COVID. It looks like <laughs> that was the end result. Besides, of course, uh, very fun tournament, man. We had what is the first international? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. First international land for sure. Because you had NA players pulling up. You had uh, Middle Eastern players, some from OCE, if I'm not mistaken. A little bit of every piece of the region showed up to compete in DreamHack Sweden's two tournaments. $100,000 allocated to zero bills. $100,000 put towards, was it a solos competition? Yes, solos competition. Um, becoming legends being the real winners of the weekend. Two of their players effectively taking first place and second place shout outs to was it seti and cami who are also duos who also just laying close to one another on the map so you know take that how you will but <laughs> they, they both did win they both found extreme success um you can review their gameplay no it, it, it's nothing funny but yeah. it, it is just very cool to see that they have a clearly have a great strategy and they understand their drop spot and how to play the surrounding area yeah, definitely no key slacks, Creo, Bucky, Surge exchange going yeah, on there. Though. Yeah, to, to they, be they clear. Played it. To be clear. Yeah, to be clear. They, I watched those games back, a couple of them, and uh, they were just both playing exceptionally well. And and obviously, if you're become legends, if you're Reno, right, you're, you're loving it. And obviously, it was it was devastating for Cami, right? To to it it be a tie, a first second place tie, and then it go to a tiebreaker and you lose the tiebreaker is definitely devastating. Fortunately, though, I believe I saw something about Reno potentially matching the prize pool difference from first to second place for Cami, so that both of them walk away with the, the $12,000, which is super cool from an org perspective to do, especially after investing already all that money to get those players there. That's a dope way to, to kind of pull it all together. But um, honestly, the event overall, super exciting, super exceptional. I was supposed to be there, but unfortunately, due to insane i'm not even going to get into it on the podcast because it's literally like i couldn't even script this in a movie what happened to me in these airports but um i ended up not being able to make it to the event but being able to watch it from home like it, it was exciting to see and feel the in-person events they're back and they're back in full effect yeah it was so so cool to see i mean just the vibes from like the talent perspective getting to hang out on the cat couch in between games and then you got like a little caster section like that's so awesome and i'm I'm looking forward to doing something like that reese levin takata tech girl was a, a new uh talent member that came out also crushed it and then kelly and oh i'm, I'm missing one am i takata levin Ke Sam. kelly was the last one okay kelly. yeah well yeah. that looked awesome but I want to do a quick little shout out. Clement has been a player, a veteran in the team. He finished in third place. Fadil was right behind him in fourth. So it, it was a who's who of Fortnite. I mean, we've seen Mr. Savage be an absolute savage on land. He finished in sixth place. The highest placing NA player was Vert in eighth. And Thomas HD, who's pretty well known for being one of the best solo players in the world, was just rounding out that top 10. So if anyone wants to look at this and say, you know, there there could be an asterisk or there could be a reason why this doesn't count, because I saw some tweets about that, and I quickly replied to those that, no, you don't get to to say and discount what whatever and whoever wins this. 
And I don't think that actually happened after the fact, but Seti, Cami, absolute wonderful story. They even went head to head at one game. I think Panda made a TikTok about it for yeah. a final 1v1. And it was so cool to see those guys. And I mean, I know we talk about it, but Become Legends is just doing so well in the scene. It's awesome to see. Let me just say, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Boop, what was that tweet? What, like, what did he say? <laughs> this man was like, yo, because there's grappler gloves in, it's not like whoever wins isn't going to be justified in their win. It's like, bro, be quiet. Yeah, that... huh? What? I mean, it's why Boost on holiday. I think I think we canceled him, and and he he needs a break. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, I I agree with you. I, I saw that tweet too. I was thinking like, yeah, no, that's not really how it works. The the grappler's actually like we just spoke about, like in a pretty decent spot. It's it's not anything it was before. Like it's not the mm -hmm. old grapple gun. Like that grapple gun broken. The, the Batman web slingers. Like we we've had some some iterations of this type of mobility that are really really not fair. Um, where it's at right now is pretty good. And to jump on, I guess, the celebration of the players, yeah, I'm with you guys. The, the top 10, solid. And shout-out to Vert. Like, big shout-out to Vert. The best-performing NA player as a solo. And not only that, he's been doing some really great things as an individual, just in general. If you just search up his recent performances and whatnot, he's been popping off. He's been, like, kind of a sleeper. Was it Vert and Creo? I think we're... Uh, Paired up one another not so long ago. I could be tripping who mm. who exactly yeah, it was, but I think it was no, Vert and Creo. And um, I I don't remember where they finished as far as their overall FNCS performance. If they made it to finals or they fell just short, but Vert as an individual got it. Got to give your hats off to him what he did on land against EU players. Everyone knows the EU region is bro. It's stacked. So to call in to make it that far, he did much better than um than others would have. Also, shout-out to Archie, content creator, called for finals, too. So, like, you just got to give a shout-out to Archie. Yeah, and he showed up. He almost won a game. Like, yeah. there was a 1v1 yeah. <laughs> where he almost won a game. Can I just so say? he's not just a content creator. That game he almost won, he lost to the player in low ground with 10 HP. The low ground player had 10 HP. He had 200 health on height. But it just shows the difference of, like, <laughs> you know, like, hey, he's just a good player who happened to make it to finals. Like, the stars aligned. And when you take a, an absolute god of a player, I think it was Thomas HD in the low ground, um, even with 10 health, he was untouchable. Like, pros are disgusting, guys. I don't think people realize the gap between, like, an amazing player like Archie, great player, but you, when you're talking S tier, like, 0001% godlike just players, like, top 10, dude, you don't stand a chance. And, and we saw that go down there. Absolutely crazy. Also, shout out to Arab for putting out all the content. Like him doing that IRL content, him and Aussie. Like Aussie was doing the viewing party, and then Arab was doing like the almost behind the scenes mm -hmm. look at everything. It's a, a great way to view it because at home you get like access to everything. You can watch player streams, you can watch Arab, you can watch Aussie, and then you can watch the official Fortnite or the DreamHack stream for when finals go down. So, really well done compared to. Dallas. I was gonna say, what do you think? Like, what do we think about like the way qualifiers was handled? Do we think that like the viewing party was sufficient to like kind of get us through that before we got into the finals with like talent and official casters and stuff like that? So the one thing I would say is I, I wasn't a big fan of it. I'll be honest. Like when I showed up to a qualifier day and I'm like, yo, I want to watch some Fortnite. I was like, who's putting like an Aussie antics viewing party? Like this, I don't want. This is not what I want to watch. So. Like, that didn't scratch my itch personally. Nothing against Ozzy, but, like, that's a particular vibe. Like, you got to be in the mood to watch a person do a viewing party style. It's not a formal coverage of an event. So that's what I mean by that. Was that sufficient enough? And, well, anyways, you're already on a point, so <laughs> my bad for Wait, so were you talking about Dallas or were you talking about, talk about uh, Sweden. Sweden? I'm talking about Sweden. Oh, okay. Yeah, I found it strange, especially because this is something we haven't mentioned yet, but the replay client in-game is now 15-minute delay as opposed to a 5-minute delay. Which... I think it's 12 minutes, to be clear. Okay, 12 I minutes. 15, I think 15 minutes was like a, a number that was floating around, but I got clar uh, clarification from somebody DM'd me today. Oh, I think it was Aussie Antics actually DM'd me today at 12, that there's a 12-minute delay. So... um. And I had heard it from somebody else as well. 
So yeah, 12 minute delay, uh, still not great to be honest, especially for someone planning a watch party uh, here soon. <laughs> but no, <laughs> uh, now you can continue, SPG. Sorry. Okay. No, but for Aussie to find that out, like as he's going into the watch party, because he was going to watch it with the five minute delay and go watch games, which I think, in my opinion, would have been sufficient because then he can get everyone's POV. He can watch whatever game in whatever he. Well, I guess they all went on at different times. But then he's like, dude, what is going on? I can't get into any of these games. It's like 15 minutes after it started. I'm not going back and watching that now. So he just wound up doing streams, which, you know. It, like you said, is not sufficient to what was supposed to be going on. So I do think that could be improved. And, and that's probably why I had like the misrepresentation of like what this coverage was. Because, dude, the booth he had, fire. The setup, like everything was so cool. And then they even had like, like someone running around the, the crowd with like a proper camera with like its own dedicated feed too, which I think that was provided by DreamHack or some kind of support there. It didn't, it didn't look like it was just Arab you know, going person to person. It looked like some kind of effort put into that coverage. So when I saw, like, yeah, just like a regular viewing party, like live streams, I'm like, oh, like, why why this? This could be so much more, and it should be a little bit more than that. Um, so I think the qualifier could absolutely be better. The finals coverage, great. Like you said, the couch, the booth, the setup, the cast of death, like, all that was really, really clean. Um, and you got some sponsor stuff, you know, flying around the background. Like I was like, yeah, this is what it's all about. Like we're in a, we're in an environment, capture it. And that's what it should have been. Um, I think for the quals too, but other than that, DreamHack Sweden was, was fire. It was, it was awesome. We got to see, I, I think the biggest, uh, rivalry upset was Kanata versus, was it Jonas on, on yeah. <laughs> at Greasy Groves, like the head to heads between the two and, uh, from the clips floating around, I mean, Kanata's—he's he, like a little firework, dude. He gets—he gets animated. <laughs> he jumps up. Um, there's some funny clips out there. People banging their desk in frustration. We gotta—we gotta fix that a little bit, though. Not gonna lie, because what happens when you bang the desk? Like you rumble the entire row. Like so, all the players are getting their setups freaking smashed, and their computers are rattling. I would hate to see someone else's PC shut down because you like shook their graphics card in the middle of their game or something like that. I don't know if that even happened, but I know it's a possibility. You can't just kick around a tower with the with the graphics card in it. So, you know, other than that, DreamHack was sick though. We we had it we had great content come out of it. The finals coverage was awesome. Um and yeah, you talked about Sam Tech Girl. She actually had has done a DreamHack in the past, so she kind of jumped on. Um I believe she was casting, which was interesting. Uh, to see her kind of like in a in a caster seat, we don't really have too many female casters that try to take on that role. So that, that was definitely cool. Definitely cool to see uh, some different representation. And yeah, the way the way it all went down was pretty fire. So um, any final yeah. words on DreamHack? Uh, quick shout out to Sam, that girl. She did incredible. Uh, shout out to the rest of the crew. Obviously, we know them, love them. They're amazing. Shout out to uh, all the female casters out there because there's quite a few coming up the ranks right now so so people like applesauce uh uh sierra i know i'm forgetting some but listen so many incredible names coming up the the rankings and even some of them being at dreamhack casting other events and and in talks to cast other fortnite events so it'll be interesting to see how the scene continues to grow unfortunate again like we talked about with west cutting down and cutting down on talent but regardless incredible names incredible people love to see new talent take the stage there at dreamhack yeah, definitely. And just while we're on the topics of females and in this competitive space, we got Somerset Cup, which uh, was just announced. She's got $10,000 on the line. Really cool. Has Epic support. Um, Epic has this thing called the hashtag Epic Partner. I think anyone can use it if you're like a part of the supported creator affiliate program, essentially. But what that means is, yeah, Epic essentially does reach out to people that are in this ecosystem, especially if you're a positive individual, an influencer or an ambassador of, of sorts that they think they can work with. And we've had these creator cups pop up in the past. Most of the time, it is just $10,000. They feature you in the game. Um, but what makes this one a little bit different is the way the tweet was worded. Um, this one seems to be linked to a much bigger thing that we have coming, which is that FNCS Invitational, which was announced in November. And we say that because Somerset has a tweet that she just put out. And SPG, if you have it in front of you, you can read it. But essentially, it, it, there's something going on here. Got you. Uh, I'm the reader today. As part of the road <laughs> to the FNCS Invitational 2022 this November, 
I'm so excited to announce that I'll be having my own 10K Creator Cup in Fortnite on June 3rd and an FNCS locker bundle in the shop on the 26th. So clearly connected to that invitational event and left a lot of people speculating, but I'd, I'd like to know your guys' thoughts. Penda? Hmm. So, SPG and I already kind of talked about it yesterday, but uh, my thoughts is that the two-day event that they're planning, there's one of two options here based off that verbiage. Option one, there's two separate events. One is creator-focused, and one is like competitive focus, right, for the FNCS Invitational. The flip side of that is that they plan on mixing creators in with pros to do the full Invitational. So it, it's kind of... I, I would not, I mean, I would prefer that not be the case, to be honest. I know SVG back here is throwing his thumbs down. But um, there, it's, I mean, I couldn't imagine that it means anything outside of those two options. I, oh man, I, I didn't even think about that, but I hope not. I, I can't see a world where you put Somerset in a lobby with Thomas HD and it goes well. Like, straight up. In a build competitive lobby somerset you are an amazing player nick a30 amazing player nick Merckx, cypher pk like all these top dog influencers that pop off and they put in that work they are very very good i mean shoot even punisher who's like you know he was borderline content creator for a long time he pretty much retired from playing hyper competitive but if you put him in a hyper competitive roster against like some of these best dogs like it's just not gonna work zero build completely different like the creative side of this um, competitive space that we see being developed, totally different. Punisher actually just popped off in the zero build uh, tournament. I think at DreamHack Sweden, actually, he was there and he did great. And he's having an amazing time there. And like this space is developing. It's, it's awesome. But don't mix the two. Like, I didn't even think we could have that. That would like taint this entire idea of like this FNCS invitation and having like a, a truly competitive event. But now I'm thinking about it like, yeah, that can totally happen because, like, do you really fly someone out and, and like, fly out two full rosters? Eh, not really, right? So my thought is typically they like to do a pro-am style event in lead-up to one of these big events. Right. So I'm thinking we have pro-am and then the competitive event. And also, I'm not going to take that Punisher slander. He just finished <laughs> in, like, I think 15th, 12th. Last FNCS on West after okay. coming back See, with Landjock. I, so. I know he just came back, but what I was saying was I was separating <laughs> the two. Like, as someone who, like, retired, who's, like, still very good. Like, but you put him, again, 15th on NA West is is not 15th on EU. Like, let's be honest here. I'm not taking away from his accolades, but I'm just saying you cannot put a Punisher. Like, you, I could put Punisher probably head-to-head -head against Archie, and that shit would be, like, a good fight. <laughs> all right Maybe. now i'm not gonna like, take this yeah, NA west slander this is, what is this this is just slander on slander for everybody no 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 no. my west boys they're the best Landjack punisher they're next up they no they they have the potential but but like yeah we're talking about players who were like at the peak you know fell down took a long break or retired from competitive and they're returning you cannot take away from how amazing they are but it's, it's just not the same of, like, the elite people who have not stopped playing. Like, even Zayt or someone could come back now, and they're not going to be what they were. I mean, look at, look at Stretch's poor performance. That's just proof, last FNCS, of someone who was not taking the game seriously, wasn't practicing. And you can see how quickly Stretch is at the bottom, and Peter Bot, someone who has not stopped playing and put in all that hard work, is up at the top, like, straight up. Hard work is, is going to show off, and that's going to be the results that you're going to see on the standings every single time. Um, but it still, it still opens up this, this very interesting discussion. Somerset Cup is a creator cup, and they're linking it to the road to FNCS, essentially. And that, that of course, is going to open up questions because, well, you can't use Somerset's name and not invite Somerset, right? Like, that, that sounds like a no-brainer to me now. You gave her a cup, and you're linking it to the FNCS. Well, Somerset must be a part of it in some way. So does she automatically get a shoe-in spot for, like, what is the warm-up event or like like you said, like the, the pro-am, the kind of the zero build tournament? But Somerset is doing a this is a full-on build event, so it's not even like you know, it's not even like a zero build thing. So we can't we can't put her in that that bucket. So this is yeah. Is Somerset in the FNCS invitation or no? Right? Like, and if she is, 
what does that do to the overall quality of the player pool? Like, because that clearly takes away from someone who is like an FNCS finalist. Because it's my understanding Somerset has never made an FNCS finals. Not yeah, that I, I, don't, I don't think she has. Uh, I will say, though, out of like, like the the content creator like players right she's by far one of the better ones she's amazing and, and I, yeah she, and she, she definitely does dominates the women competition like if it's a woman only roster she is dom like she is not just a great female player like she is very very good but she's not like fncs finalists appearing or maybe she doesn't put in the work yeah. to try to make it there i don't know how how hard she works at that or whether or not that's a goal of hers but like we're talking just like this entire year right but if you give her a spot to the fncs invitational what does that do to the rest of the roster like you give one person a spot you are taking away a spot from someone who is arguably more deserving as a competitive player for a competitive in-person event well i think that's why fortnite has been very specific with the verbiage right we, yeah. every messaging we've seen from them is that hey listen do well in this next fncs to get on our radar but we reserve the right to invite whoever we want to invite. So yeah. at this point, CyberPK, Nick A30, let's just sell tickets. Let's go. Let's get. get. <laughs> let's just go. Let's let let well, us know what we're doing here. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I couldn't imagine not seeing CyberPK there to some extent, right? Not seeing the Nick A30 there to some extent. Even if they're there, just making content around the event, they're going to be there. Like. I can't imagine that they wouldn't. Um, and obviously Epic would help support them in any way that they can because the more eyes they get on an event like that, the better. Um, but it'll be interesting, to say the least. It, 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 again, it's a two-day event. Um, all we know is the Invitational, but, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens in the future because that, that's basically all we can do. Yeah, I just I really hope that there's two different types of tournaments or events that happen because in my mind this is the uber competitive fncs invitational that has the best players from every region coming together and competing that's what i want to see and you know if that's not the case i'll be a little let down it'll still be awesome but i i don't think that is the same like it's not fncs fncs is the best of the best and if we're going to mix in a bunch of creators then it's not fncs at its heart or they could do what they want right and then just give us like millions of dollars for the elite <laughs> cup and then we'll do an elite cup invitationals let me know you know we'll, we'll proudly <laughs> take the hyper competitive throne here okay um shout out to of course phase clan solar opposites and all the folks helping us enable our stuff at practice server we just announced our fifty thousand dollar elite cup our annual League Cup. We try to bring something cool every year to the scene. This time, for the first time, um, this is our biggest prize pool yet. So we've taken it one step further, doubling up and, and doubling down on the League Cup. So big shout out to them. And we got SBG and Panda casting the qualifiers next week. I'll be doing the finals, and it's going to be awesome. So look, looking forward to that. But before we wrap up the episode, it's been a long one. Um, we have like a last-minute announcement come in here or a little little topic to talk about comp support discord just being announced i uh, i have questions about this one too just a little bit because we sort of have a discord it, it maybe feels a little more private because there's like only you know a select number of professional players in there but there is a, a space that exists right or there was a space i felt like that existed so basically i think they took that space and they made it open now oh so it's fully open. I have it right here, the Discord. It's a Fortnite co uh, competitive support Discord. Um, and you can select which region you're in, which language you speak. And now, during tournaments, is, is the main purpose of it. You can report a, a cheater, you can report a bug, or you can report a tournament issue. Uh, when the Discord support bot for that is open, which it says currently closed right now because there's no tournament going on. But when the tournament's going on, That'll be open. That'll be active, and you can submit things there. And where where was this announced? Is this on Fortnite competitive handle? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah, it was a blog post in, like, it was part of one of the blog posts, if not its own. 
copies. It, I was looking at Fortnite status, Fortnite, and Fortnite competitive. There wasn't a standalone announcement about this Discord, so it's kind of under the radar right now. Um, I feel they like it in. Yeah, I feel like it's definitely one that was kind of slipped in. Maybe they don't want too many like, you know, because if you put it on FN competitively, you're gonna have a wave of like tier five players like yo i'm in here like what is you know what i mean you're it's just gonna become really messy if you kind of slip it in for the hardcore people then that maybe makes a little more sense so it's not really interactive right it's basically you react to something within the discord it creates a ticket but it's not like open conversation it's specifically if you have a problem you can then go through that process to help someone but it's not like Oh, I want to go spam in this chat. There is none of that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's it's a, a functionality tool to maybe expedite requests during competitive windows, which is still really cool. Um, if we can find out a, a system that works. But we all know one of the biggest issues our scene has is someone's going to download cheats and play for two hours on a cash cup. It, it mm -hmm. happens almost every time, and then it spoils. Who knows how many people these guys kill? A lot. And then they yeah. make it to final somehow before they finally get banned or whatever. Uh, no one wants that. How do you fix that, though? You, you kind of can't, right? I guess this is one of the ways that sort of, yeah. you know, if you catch it in time, it can make a difference. This is probably their, this is their attempt, right? And, and it's funny because you actually have devs in here. Like, epic devs are in this Discord. So they're clearly watching everything that comes through. And maybe they've decided to, like, arm these devs with support and put them on hours that match the tournament hours. And so that their sole focus is anything that goes on within that tournament range, which uh, honestly, that's what they've needed for the longest period of time. I think that's what would have fixed the cheaters in for the past seasons. But Hey, listen, better late than never, to be honest. I was going to say, I mean, I, I love this attempt. Like let, let's get more trying so we can figure out what works, what doesn't, what are the pain points, right? How much more do we need resource wise, et cetera. Um, but, of course, it, it, it's nearly impossible. We're talking multi-regions, 24-7 coverage, and Middle East starts the day before. So it's it's literally more than a 24-hour window of potential support needed. So this is a very big team you need to allocate um, throughout most of the week, the days throughout the week, like straight up. So almost looks like an impossible task, but let's hope there is a solution somewhere within here that can uh, get things sorted. But we'll see. We'll see. Any we will see. I was gonna say let's uh start to round this one out though. We've had uh a, a great great episode. I mean, there's so much to talk about. There's this, this is a huge episode. A lot of changes happening in the space. Um, a, a lot of questions in the air like we have with the FNCS Invitational. What's gonna happen with the the broadcast region that kind of opens up now and and it's gonna be covered by the community. Um, of course we have you know, these these big tournaments happening, and then the state of the game. Like, is it two the same? Which S SBG says, nope, heck no. That's not possible. It's great. And then you have <laughs> other people that think, uh, the players in particular, that feel like it needs a little bit of variety. So there is there is a lot going on here. And, and of course, these great faith, uh, faith efforts to have comp support, Discord, and things like that. So, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're in all types of territory right now. And in, in, this is an awesome comeback episode, though. So I hope you all... The listeners enjoyed this one uh yeah sit back digest it run it back if you have to we definitely talked about a lot <laughs> here uh before we get going though as always i'm gonna give the floor to life of panda let people know where they can find you throughout the week obviously you're gonna have a lot of content coming up so let the people know what's up well you already know listen you're gonna love this the first thing i'm gonna talk about is tiktok.com slash at life w panda posting three tiktoks a day we're posting on Instagram reels, YouTube shorts. So on YouTube, it's Life with Panda. Everywhere else, it's Life W Panda, except for Twitch. Twitch is also Life with Panda. You can find me on all those socials. I'm most active, obviously, on Twitter. Um, if you're an NA West Pro player that's that's wanting to get involved in the upcoming watch party, make sure to hit me up. You know, I, I'm talking to everybody, getting everybody involved, as many people as I can, of course. And uh, we're going to do something special for the community. What about you, SPG? What you got going on? I uh, got a couple of things going on. Getting back on the YouTube grind. Been um, trying to clean up my VOD reviews and also posting some random TikToks. Not as purposeful as Panda. But uh, the big thing is I'm hoping to start. Well, I've, I've actually recorded two episodes, but I'm hoping to put out my own podcast starting next week. 
It is me sitting down with players and people in the space talking about what they do, their story, and just getting to learn more about the people that are behind the screen. So look out for that next week because that's going to be uh, a fun one. We got two good ones and some more coming. I love that. And we'll definitely support once that starts getting ready. So we'll, we'll give you guys a little shout out once once we get that rolling. That's that's freaking awesome. Uh, for myself, the listeners at home, as always, send all your complaints to me at the Fortnite podcast at gmail.com. As for projects I'm working on, I've I've been sitting down every day thinking about YouTube and like what I want to do. And I almost went live yesterday. Almost. Very close. <laughs> and I was just going to brainstorm like players and ideas and, and doing some cool stuff. I didn't quite have the courage to press the button. One of these days we'll do a nice little live show. We'll get a little catch up going. But until then, look forward to the episodes that we're dropping here on the podcast and follow me on Twitter at MonsterDFace. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. So until next time, don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales. Peace, y'all.